and welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, as part of the series we're focusing on currently, weekly, the current coronavirus pandemic, we are speaking to Daniel Flusky, uh, the Institute of Fundraising's Head of Policy and External Affairs, about the current situation for charities in the UK, uh, where they can look for help and support, and what we might see over the coming weeks and months and the impact that has on charities. Daniel was very good to contribute to the show with this interview, especially given how busy he and his IOF colleagues are at the moment, as many of you are. And um, we really appreciated him uh, feeding into this podcast series. We hope that all of you listening are managing okay. I know many of you are listening, you're working in the charity sector and have your own daily challenges with making sure you're charities run and serve the beneficiaries for whom they're created and um, and in some ways uh, many of you are struggling with various things fundraising governance projects it's a very very difficult time and I think that this episode and the uh, input of Daniel is really really uh, important so without further ado here is Daniel Flusky speaking about the coronavirus and the impact on charities. I'm delighted to be joined by Daniel Flusky, Head of Policy and External Affairs at the Institute of Fundraising. Welcome to Charity Chat, Dan. Hi there. Hi. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Um, what, the first question really is, uh, what is the current situation for those charities uh, still operating in spite of the coronavirus? Well, I mean, I think it's a mixed picture across the sector. Um, every, every charity is going to be affected, going to be impacted by uh, the pandemic and both the pandemic in terms of affecting its staff, uh, affecting the charity's services and its work, um, and also, of course, the economic situation, which will affect the charity's finances, its income and its ability to, to keep going. Um, but I think some of those differences will manifest differently in, in uh, varied organisations. So if you are a, uh, a gallery or a museum charity, you know, you, you've, you will have shut your doors to the public and you might have furloughed some of those staff that would be working on site. But of course, you need to pay your bills still, you'll need to pay your mortgage and you'll need to pay the other staff that are working there, but with no money coming through the door. Um, it's not the case as with some businesses where charities can just shut up shop because if we're shutting up shop, therefore we're not providing the services that so many individuals and communities rely on across the country um, and abroad as well. So we're in a really perilous situation, I think, actually, at the moment in the charity sector with lots of people really worried about the future of their organisation um, and what it means for the, for the people that they work for. What can uh, those charities still operating, uh, where can they go for advice uh, on how to overcome this uh, immense challenge that we're, we're posed with? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's lots of different areas you can go to for advice. I mean, obviously, in terms of anything related to kind of health, um, it would be uh, the NHS and Public Health England. Um, anything to do with employment, you'd probably go to gov.uk uh, and other sources as well. 
Um, I mean, I think in, in, in one sense, there is a big thing that needs to happen, which is the government needs to step up with a level of support for the sector that we just haven't seen at the moment. Um, there have been business interruption loans which have been announced for companies who need bridging finance to get them through. There is nothing like that for charities at the moment. We need the government to step in with some emergency grant funding to essentially stabilise the sector, enable them to get through the weeks and the weeks and months ahead. Um, in terms of what individual charities can be doing, you know, there's an awful lot of help, guidance, advice and tips being kind of shared freely um, online. You know, there's a huge amount of, of blogs, there's free templates, there's lots of kind of online and virtual and digital uh, webinars uh, and series and things like that, which people can get to. Um, I mean, I think to be honest, there is not just kind of here's the thing to do um, there's it's too complicated for that but we know organizations and individuals are having to make some really tough decisions at the moment and the number one thing i think i'd say at the moment is support each other wherever whenever you can you know we are a fundraising community and i think that's truer now than it has ever been we are supporting each other regardless of cause area, regardless of size, regardless of subsector, in a way that we've never done before. Use that help that's out there, use that support where you can, because I think that's the only way we're going to get through this. Do you have a view on so organisations with a, with a policy ask or a policy arm? Um, is this still a priority for those organisations? Should they be focusing more on crisis management um, for the moment? Well, obviously that, that will be up to each individual, up to each individual charity and depending on what, what they were set up to do. Um, I think you're seeing charities being much more nimble and flexible at the moment and changing maybe some of their priorities and their plans to respond. Um, a huge amount of their, you know, kind of mental and uh, bandwidth and their capacity is going to be on keeping that organisation sustainable through the next few months. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of um, other work was just focused on what can we do to keep the charity going right now. At the same time, there'll be some charities who are slightly more resilient and do have more of a kind of campaigning and advocacy angle they won't want to not do anything for months completely understandably i probably wouldn't expect many of them to be launching big public campaigns um, on detailed policy areas at the moment but you could be doing some stuff to lay the groundwork for the future so you might be doing some things behind the scenes trying to work you know have conversations with partners or put in place some ideas of how do we make it through the next few months and how will we you know on whatever our policy area is how can we both be the most effective when it's the right time to do that so we can do some stuff but as i say i think most of people's uh, work at the moment is going to be focused on how they can best contribute to getting their organization through 
getting the services that the organisation runs in the best place to be able to continue where possible and how we care and support each other that are working in charities as well because we're obviously all under under pressure at the same time. Caps UK Giving 2019 report showed a decline in the number of people saying that they were giving to charities on previous years. Do you think that the current pandemic, this coronavirus crisis that we're seeing now, will see the continuation of that decline or, or could it bring about a, a change and um, maybe increase in empathy and increase in giving? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting, um, a really interesting question. Um, and I think it's going to be a really mixed picture because some of the people that would have given this year would have given because one of their colleagues or friends was running in the London Marathon. Obviously, that's been postponed now till um, later in the year. There are a huge amount of fundraising events and activity which has been cancelled or paused, which would have been the places and times where people would have given. At the same time, public fundraising has, you know, in the street, in public places, has completely stopped and charity shops are closed as well. So we're going to lose a huge amount of donors and donations in these weeks and months. What we don't know is whether the generosity that we are seeing out there, whether that's from charities launching emergency appeals, whether that's from people who are saving money on their commute and lunch, using that money to donate uh, to charity, whether that's um, people like Martin Lewis, who've set up that fund for smaller charities. Um, we are seeing some um, really good examples of people wanting to support charities and come together around this. And you can see that as well in terms of the, the huge numbers of people that have registered to, to volunteer as well. Um, so I think if you were kind of saying, if everything was normal and then we had the pandemic, I think, yes, we would see an increase in the number of people that are donating and the amount of money that's donating to charities. What's really hard is kind of, but we're not on a, we're not on a normal benchmark. We are going to be 30%, 40%, 50% down in many areas, if not more in voluntary income because of what's been canceled and postponed and suspended. I don't think we are going to immediately be able to raise that money back through emergency appeals and through the National Emergencies Trust and other kinds of work. But I think we will see people giving to charities um, both now and in the future. The other caveat to that, I guess, is we don't know what the economic consequences of this pandemic and crisis are going to be. So we don't know, you know, are we going to have a big recession? Are we going to have, you know, really, really low or negative growth how will that impact on people's individual ability to be able to donate are we going to see inflation and you know the price of food and um you know goods for households go up over the next few months so there's a huge number of kind of unknowns there um but i do think what we are seeing is uh some encouraging signs in terms of both how charities are responding and working with partners to launch appeals uh, and to bring in um, support. 
what we don't know is just how much that can help to mitigate some of the huge losses that we're seeing at the moment. Daniel Flusky, thank you for contributing to Charity Chat. No problem at all. Thank you very much. big thank you there to Daniel Flusky for contributing to this episode of Charity Chat. I hope you found that both interesting and helpful. Uh, if you are a charity worker, <clears throat> please do share this episode and other episodes, if you like, with your colleagues in the hope that knowledge is indeed power and it may help with the efforts that your charity is likely going through in order to support its beneficiaries at this difficult time. Uh, we'll continue to focus our charity chat efforts on how charities are handling the coronavirus crisis and the tools and practices that can help during this very difficult and unprecedented time. Thank you to all of you who are engaging with us already through our social media channels. Please do get in touch with us if you have any feedback about your approach to the coronavirus crisis, uh, including that of your charity, um, or that you either work for as a paid member of staff or as a volunteer or even as a supporter. We'd love to hear how charities are working and, and kind of map out a little bit more clearly for our, uh, our listeners how different charities are overcoming the challenges they're facing. Uh, likewise, if you have any suggested topics, guests or themes that you would like the podcast to cover, please do get in touch with us through our website, charitychat.org.uk or via Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn. We have a presence on all three social media channels. Uh, thank you to everyone who has rated the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Quite a few of you have rated. Uh, most recently, uh, Tom Allar, uh, that's the username, uh, thank you very much for your review. We hear what you're saying about improving the audio volume. I know on some of the episodes it's quite low, so uh, you have to turn up the volume pretty high to hear it. But we're working on that. It's an evolutionary process that we're going through here, made even more difficult by the, uh, the challenges we're facing uh, working remotely. But we will overcome them and hope that every episode is a little bit better than the last. But um, for now, thank you very much for your feedback. Really appreciate it. And please do continue to feed back to us. This is a real team effort. We're all volunteers here. And we're very grateful for uh, anyone that can uh, contribute back to us. So uh, just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab, for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit, for the beautiful website design. Check it out, charitychat.org.uk. RR Yard Photography for the pro bono images on the website. And, of course, Forest of Fools, who are playing throughout the show and are playing us out right now. That's it from me. Speak to you next week. Cheerio. Bye-bye.